0: Hello. I'm Mark bassink I'm the risk manager here at Alps, and welcome to another episode of Alps In Brief, the podcast that comes to you from the historic Florence building in beautiful downtown Missoula, Montana. I was just out of Missoula uh, just a couple of weeks ago and visiting the, the home office. Had a wonderful time, and I will have to say now that winter is kind of moving in here, and it's, uh, it's nice to be back in Florida, but uh, it, it's always good to get back to the old stomping grounds, if you will. Uh, it's November now. And I have been trying to think about, okay, what, what would I like to share with all of you uh, this month in November? And I got to thinking, well, it's November. And there also, I, I just felt that there are two topics that I'd like to talk about. Uh, two that I think a lot of lawyers don't know that they need to know a bit more about these two topics and so given that it's the month of november uh i'm the theme is what you know two things that you don't know that you need to know you see get get the play here no and no yeah I'm just having a little fun. So, anyway, let's get to it. Uh, the, the first, you know, we've we just had October pass, and that is, you know, Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And, um, you know, I'm sure some of you are probably just dog tired of hearing about cybersecurity, and it, it's just one of these topics that, ah, uh, and I know, I know, I really get it. But I, I, th- I wanted to follow up, so one of these topics is going to be sort of cybersecurity-related uh, and and just explore another topic here that uh, I just think is very, very important. And it really deals with uh, backups in light of ransomware. And I, I'm sure, you know, you have heard all kinds of things about ransomware. Uh, if you followed any of these, you know stories going on and education going on in, in uh, uh, October. But, um, and for those of you that don't know, maybe I should stop very quickly. So, you know, Ransom, just as a reminder, it's, it's, it's these rogue programs uh, that will, that uh, can be downloaded uh, unintentionally by anybody, you know, in your office, you, your staff, uh, another uh, associate, another partner, uh, anyone just being tricked into doing something that wasn't in their best interest. Uh, clicking on a link they shouldn't have uh, downloading a document or opening a document that, that uh, they were tricked into opening you know and it's and it may look legit there's some stuff here but it also comes with this payload of of malicious uh, software and it will encrypt all of your data sooner or later it can sit at times but uh, it will uh, again encrypt everything and then eventually you get this little ransom note that says you know you If you'd like access to your data again you don't need to pay this amount in cryptocurrency by such and such a deadline and if you don't you know you're going to get your data back Uh, i as an aside i would encourage you never to pay this uh, because even if you get the the decryption key um Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it only decrypts part of it, and you need to pay more. Sometimes you can get some of your data back, and then they'll say, "Oh, by the way, we're gonna we want another ransom because if you don't pay us, we, we still have have all your data. We upload it, and we're gonna sell it, or we're gonna post it online." It just it's it's just a, a heck of a mess. Well, one of the best ways to avoid um, having to pay ransom, uh, if, if you get hit with something like this, is to have a good backup. And, you know, for quite some time, I've been talking about uh, backups, and I, I will share what I've been been saying. But there's uh, a change, if you will, in play in terms of recommendations, in terms of what best, best practices are with your backup process. So I'd like to to get us there to what this uh, new change is, and just to create some awareness. So, initially, what I've been talking about, and and many others in, in that the do these kinds of things that I do in terms of trying to educate on on cybersecurity, uh, we talk about a backup process, and this has been sort of state of the art for for a while now. Uh, it's a three, two, one. And I kind of have this little spin on it. I call it 321 plus archive. Uh, well, what does that mean? And it means three copies of your backup in two separate media, one of which should be off site, preferentially in the cloud. Okay? 321. As an example, you might be backing up to uh, an external hard drive and then also having. Uh, a, a set of uh, backups um, on Google Drive or iDrive or whatever your you know some your cloud backup provider uh, might be. Uh, so you got it. You got the three, two, one. Okay. Now one quick side note: if you are doing something like external hard drives, once you're done with the backup, please make sure that you disconnect. You know, you pull pull that USB cord out um, because if you leave this always connected the ransomware should you ever get hit and that's uh, that's a knock on wood here and hope that that uh, never happens but uh, i assure you there are a number of firms that have been hit over the years and it's it's getting worse and worse but uh, you know the the, the ransomware is going to scan the network and if it sees that these you know you have a backup drive here what's going to Encrypt the backup drive too, uh, you know, so it's no good. Um, you know, the goal is to have a good backup so that you can recover and restore data that's encrypted because, you know, IT will come in and just delete all this stuff and, and you, you rebuild with from the backup and and we get off to a fresh start. Uh, So, you know, that's the ultimate goal. Now I, I sort of add this archive span, which is, you know, okay, so I may have some, let's say I have one, two, three month backups, you know, and just sort of rotate if you will. And that frequency might work. Uh, sometimes you want to be a little more. Sometimes it's daily, weekly, you, you know, whatever your process. But yeah, 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 you have these rotations. Well, I would suggest keeping occasionally one if you will pull it out of the rotation and keep it as an archive. So that that's say you have month one, two, and three, but then periodically take one and just sit it out there and it'll eventually become six, nine, 12 months uh, old. And you can sort of rotate those a little bit too. Now, why do I like an idea like that? Well, there are some of these programs uh, are designed very intentionally uh, to, to sort of sit and they will infect backups uh, and whatnot. Again, because they're trying to make sure you have nothing to, to rebuild from. So if you have some archives out there that are a little bit older, the thinking is, OK, if your current backups are all destroyed because, again, are not, not available because they've been it's encrypted and just useless, um, you may have something that's six months old, but at least you got everything you can restore everything up to six months. You see, I, I'd rather lose six months worth of information than everything. Uh, so I, I sort of like that as an extra little sort of precaution. Okay, so that's the three, two, one plus archive. The new thinking is now three, two, one, one, and I'll explain that in a minute. I, I still might put an archive out there, but I'm going to make what this second one is sort of these these archives. So let me explain. We have three backups, two media. One should be off site preferentially in the cloud. The second one is what we call an immutable backup. I M M U T A B L E immutable backup. Now what is an immutable backup? Well it's it's a uh, it's interesting, and I, I, I'm going to have some notes here as we go through some of these things. But uh, in a backup, it, it's it's basically a copy of your data that cannot be altered, it cannot be deleted, uh, or changed in any way, even by a system administrator, uh, users, applications, or or systems that created the data. Okay, this is this is really locked down. Okay, um, and. When you create this uh, backup, you're going to sort of put a, a clock on it at, at time. And so um, it will remain, if you will, locked for whatever time period you set. Um, now, can you appreciate what's happening here? So if you can't alter the data, you can't delete the data. You know, ransomware programs, wiperware programs, and things will be unable to affect that at all. Okay, so um, it's it's locked, and, and now you have the ability to make certain you're doing as, as much as you possibly can. In other words, to make sure you have a good, viable backup up now one of the things that I like about this is uh, you know again it, it could even prevent an accidental deletion you know by somebody doing something silly or uh, some employee that's you've had a falling out with and he or she wants to do a little damage and just start delete you know so there it's not just ransomware but I, I love this idea uh, so when you lock it too we, we talk about it and I, I just love this for, um, Phrase, I, I guess we talk about these backups as being worm protected now. An immutable backup is worm protected. And you know, I, I just love that word. I, you know, what does that mean? What well, means? Um, I gotta look here for a second, I'm so excited. Write once, read many times, right? You know, W O R M. Re- write once, but you can read it as much as you want. I mean, the, ax- the, the, the data is there. You just can't delete it, you can't change it, you can't encrypt it, you can't do anything with it. Um, as long as that lock is there, okay? Now, eventually you, you want to, I mean, I would not set these clocks, these locks, if you will, indefinitely, uh, because you know, sooner or later, I assume you want to replace them with more current versions. And if you just keep building, so, so you have some cloud storage, but these, these backups can be fairly significant in size. And if you, you, know, you have these things out there year after year after year, so I, I would not lock them up forever. I I think about, you know, six months, nine months, uh, you know, because that can become your archive. And so, you know, just maybe setting it every, maybe every year and just hold it, you know, hold them for a year and let them sort of once the lock expires, that clock expires, you can delete it. So, um, but I I think that is an outstanding uh, idea. I'm a big fan of immutable backups. Now, one thing, to think about here, um, again, the temptation can be: well, if we take this step, we can start to relax a little more because we're always going to have a good backup, you know, and and we've got our. So this is our our guarantee, our insurance policy. Uh, that if we ever get hit, we we can recover. Mm, that's not necessarily the case, okay. There's no such thing as a 100% guarantee. Um, just as an example, you know, you heard me talk earlier about how ransomware can sit sometimes for extended periods of time, just infecting things, you know, share so your immutable backup if it's in fact, if the network has the infection already. Uh, so when you back it up, you're backing up. The software that's going to encrypt everything, you know. So there's just one example of how this isn't 100% perfect, uh, but boy, it is as close as we can get. You know, it's not me, but in terms of what what the IT world can do to try to uh, help you recover and, and keep you from uh, being taken out by some ransomware, you know, this is this is as good as it gets right now. So I, I strongly Encourage you to think about immutable backups. I will share. You know, I have not had uh, any real time to really dig into these programs in terms of making any type of recommendation. Um, all I can say is uh, these are separate providers. Uh, you know, this is, you you can't just work with your regular, you know, whatever uh, cloud backup program you typically have and say, "Can I, I want to make this immutable. Now, that may change at some point, but right now, uh, the companies that are doing this, as, as far as I'm aware, are all companies that are specifically uh, selling or offering this this service Um, i would encourage you if you want to look at this uh, just to speak with it uh, because he she they will know your systems and and can make some recommendations about uh, what uh, service or product uh, might work best uh, for you but i I really truly believe um, that immutable Immutable. I'm getting today. Immutable backups really uh, are the way to go, and I see them. Uh, and I'll just be very honest here, folks. In terms of uh, what is happening in the world today, geopolitically, you know, th- things are getting crazier and crazier. Uh, and this, there are things happening in the cyberspace. So I-, I think the risks that we're talking about here are going to go up. Uh, And and the data is already supporting that. Uh, It's going up very, very rapidly. So I I think, you know, this is why I want to talk about it right now. I think um, having some knowledge of is there something else I can yet do that really may help protect me as things just get wild here for a while that uh, it, it might be worth doing. And you can't do that without knowledge. So that's number one. The second issue that we need to talk about is the Corporate Transparency Act. Uh, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the Act or not. And uh, boy, there's, you know, this is not going to be a primer on, on all the things that you need to know about the CTA. Uh, but let me just share a little bit because more of us as lawyers need to know about the CTA than realize. And I'll explain why here. Uh, but the Corporate Transparency Act uh, was passed in 2021. And basically, it requires the disclosure of identifying information of people operating certain US-based business entities. Um, and a, a key reporting requirement coming in beginning of 2024 uh, is unfortunately going to affect many small businesses. And that—that that's my understanding that's somewhat unintentional but it's where we're at, you know, th- there's law firms, particularly the solo small firm space are going to be caught up in this. Okay. That's just the way it is. Now, the act is really uh, in response to just a lot of things that have been going on with money laundering, uh, tax evasion, financing of terrorist organizations and et cetera. And so this act is one of the things done in response to try to um, cut down uh and, and get some additional information. So um here's the interesting thing. Who needs to comply with this act? And it's any, it's a domestic reporting company. Um so we'll just turn barb here in the in the act, but basically it's any company that is created by the filing of a document with a secretary's with a state secretary of state, excuse me, or similar office under the law of the state or uh, even an Indian tribe, okay? So it includes corporations, LLCs, LLPs, and, and the list goes on. Uh, there's some deadlines here. If the reporting company existed prior, so if your firm, and obviously if you're in a firm now, it's, it's, it's existed prior to 2024, you have until January 1st, 2025 to file your first report um, what do we call these BOIs? Um, and it's just a, um, a beneficial ownership information report. And, and, and what's in terms of what's required to be reported and how you report this, it's fairly straightforward. But I, I first off, want you to hear that a lot of uh, you that are in the solo and small firm space are not exempt from this. The, the Act actually has, I think, 23, 20. Let me look here. Uh, yeah, 23 specific types of entities that are excluded um, from reporting. None of them are small law firms and, and other types of small businesses. Um, now, the, the one thing that could take, get some of you out of this reporting requirement is if you happen to qualify as a large operating company. Now, what does that mean? You need to employ more than 20 employees who are working in the United States for more than 30 hours per week. So you have to have 20 employees that are all US based and work 38 plus hours a week. Uh, that you have that your office or your firm is physically here in the United States, and that you report more than 5 million in gross income and in federal income taxes each year. So if you, have, if you meet those three requirements, you're considered a large corporation. A lot of law firms aren't gonna meet that. Um, so, um, but you know, you, you know what your, your operation looks like. So uh, there may be a, a possibility of, of not having to comply. But so again, the first thing I need you or, or want you to be aware of is that you yourself may be subject to this act. Um, if you happen to be f- formed And I've actually been talking with some lawyers who are in the process of forming law firms. And if they form their law firm after January 1st, 24 uh, any business has just 30 days to do this report and it'll be an annual report. But um, so um, some awareness there. Why do I bring it up? I bring it up one again. So you don't, naively miss uh, an obligation to, to report because there can be some significant or serious consequences for not reporting. Um, but I also wanna talk to any or all of you who are out there that may, um, may have clients You know, you've set up some businesses um, or you will be setting up businesses. You need to understand the Corporate Transparency Act, uh, who needs to report, uh, what needs to be reported, when does the report need to be made? Um, You know, I I guess if you really want to go in this direction, uh, you certainly could, you know, it's a new service that you could add uh, and, and help all these clients that would be subject to the act to follow through on the reporting. And if you wanna go there, hey, great, that, that's awesome. You know, Obviously don't dabble here, come up to speed. I mean, I'm just giving you the, the, the lightest stuff. I have not done you know, major research on this uh, and I'm still coming up to speed myself, but I, I've learned enough that we need to be aware. But I could also see some lawyers saying, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't want to be responsible uh, for this. Because think about, you know, there's an ethics opinion the, AB, the ABA put out. And I think it's a formal opinion when a 491 uh, came out, I believe, about two years ago. you know, And again, it talks about that as lawyers, we, we cannot allow our clients to um use our services in furtherance of a crime or fraud you know and there's some language in the rules too you know our 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 rpcs you know 1.2 has some language along those lines uh the opinion made it clear that we can't even turn a blind eye here you know we we have to have some responsibility we have to be asking questions um so if if you want to dig down into the cta and then also look in terms of managing risk i encourage you to take a look at the formal opinion 491 and then think about the rules you know 1.1 competency we we, if we are going to be competent we have to know what questions to ask uh, to make sure that uh, we're not helping someone launder money Um, 1.2 is in play we can't talked about that you know we can't allow our services to be used to commit or furtherance of crime or fraud uh 1.3 diligence is, is going to be in play i think 1.4 we have an obligation to communicate uh, you know hey this is not okay uh, explain the legal ramifications of the things that you're doing if they refuse to follow your advice and want to continue on with some type of fraud or crime you know 1.16 is going to be in play. You need withdrawn and get out. Um, 1.13 is going to be in play. You know, in terms of just representing the entity. Um, 8.4 misconduct is going to be in play. So there are a lot of rules here that 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 we need to be aware of, and and and, and so that we're making informed decisions. You know, do we want the responsibility to assist? Uh, all these clients in filing this, uh, you know, the BOI, uh, the business ownership information report, because there's all kinds of identifying information and, you know, it needs to be accurate. Then, uh, you know, if, if you are lied to or, you know, something's incorrect, you know, that, that can create some exposure for you. So I would, I would want to be a little concerned about that. Um, I'm not saying, you know, don't do it. I, you know, I'm good. Hey, if, if you really want to come up to speed and, and you feel very competent in, in, in helping all your clients, um, you know, do this year in and year out, God bless, go for it. If not, I would want to at least make sure that clients, particularly current clients, um, are made aware of the act, uh, and then I would want to document that uh, you are not going to take on that responsibility to uh, help them comply with the requirements under the Act. Um, I would just not want to leave this sitting out there unaddressed uh, because, particularly if we have some ongoing relationships with any of these clients, and that's, that's fairly common, you know, and they're harmed at some point by not filing this document, they're going to turn to you and say, you know what the heck you know you're the lawyer this is your fault i had no idea you know i, I thought you're, you're you're looking out for me and my best interest or companies you see where this can go um and, and a claim like that's gonna have some legs folks it, it it really could so i strongly encourage you you know that's that's let's think about be intentional about what we want to do Do we want to advise, not advise, help with these forms, don't help with these forms, and then document that the client has been informed and that we either are or we are not. Uh, So those are the two things that are the November no's. So uh, I hope you found something useful from today's just ramblings of a risk guy. Uh, And uh, as always, if you have any questions or concerns about either of these topics or anything else that i might be able to assist you with please don't hesitate to reach out my email address is m bass b-a-s-s at alps insurance alps insurance one word dot com and you don't need to be an alps insured to visit with me there's no cost to visit with me you know again i'm i'm not a risk manager for alps i'm hired by alps to be your risk manager so that's it folks bye-bye have a good one